we started hustling and finding gun shops, parking lots, anything that could be a home, mm-hmm. because it was usually too small for a big developer to buy and turn it into a, an apartment building. But we were like, but it could be a home, you know, and we can live there. And then we got to where we did two houses on one street, four houses on one street. Um, and so we started creating the life we wanted, you along always, with having all these kids. You always, Courtney had a great line. She goes, we gave up our dream house to live our dream life. Hi, hey, everybody. Everyone. Welcome to At Home with Linda and Drew Scott, a show where we chat with artists, experts, dreamers, and doers about the good that they're creating in the world. Through these conversations, we learn about relationships. Ooh, relationships. <laughs> oh, not all of them are like... Oh, uh. <laughs> uh, with ourselves, our communities, and our planet. We go beyond design and explore what home is all about. This is At Home. This is At Home. I just said that. I said it better. What? All right. Wait. I think this sounds like a challenge. Okay. Give me an epic ending. This is At Home. <laughs> The laugh makes it better. As I sit here and I stare at our walls and the bookshelf behind me, it kind of makes me want to like redo a bit of the design at our house. You would think that your house, our house, would be completely like finished and designed. Well, no, Fully. but it's not like it's the you it's, know the mechanic that drives the, the crappy car. It's not like that. It's just that it's in my like, mind, design is always changing. There's always something new that you like or you're interested in, and you sort of swap things out. And it's just never done, right? Well, yeah, there there are a like couple I, of areas that are never done, which which I don't mind. Um, like I love that it's never fully complete so that we can add things here and there. Our local contractor that we work with too, who's amazing, we keep putting him on other projects. And so part of the work is less design and more the construction things that aren't done. But that's my fault. It's all your fault. It is. Everything. It really is. Well, what about you though? You said, oh, during the pandemic, I'm going to swap out all this art. It's going to get done by the Uh, end. How's that going? I mean, we're still in a pandemic, so I still have time. (laughs) But yes, I keep staring at this like generic art in like some of the rooms in, in our house and I keep meaning to change it, but I get like really picky and then it's like a yeah. year and a half passes. No, like three years have passed by or wh- however long it's been. It's, I, I'm it's good. been a thousand years. It's, it's an easy ebb and flow. Everything's yeah. great, but things can change when we need them to. Yes. Yes. But on the design topic, I think it's amazing that we have two phenomenal designers with us. Oh my gosh. Robert and Courtney Novogratz. Uh, They're well-known and beloved designers. We've known them for years. We, um, I I can't remember where we met originally. I I think we met at a... Like an upfront or something? Or or a home show or something like that. We just randomly bumped into each other. They're the epitome of cool they do it all and I love that their design is so eclectic and I love their like the way they use art in their houses. Yeah, but they and they do it all as in their parents have seven oh children. Oh my gosh, yes. Like you're you're this busy with your business, but you're even more busy with what's important in life, your children. Um, but they they still they just they're so chill. That's what I really love. Yeah. They, they don't get a sort of anxious and worked up, at least that I see. They're so chill. And they're not snooty. And they're just nice and cool. They've had TV shows. Yeah, you did. You keep saying that. Okay, stalker. Uh, We now have a restraining order uh, against Linda for it. They're known for their eclectic style and the way they mix high and low items, which I love. I think 
you're that way too. Like you love mixing old and new and yeah. not everything needs to be high end. No, definitely not. But they also like to recreate from the ground up, you know, across the country in residential retail hotels, they do it all, but it's almost like a, it's a statement piece. You know, when it's something they've done. You know what I am excited about? I'm excited to check out their new store in LA, the house of Novogratz. Mm-hmm. I mean, their posts on social, it's stunning. It looks it's so cute and quaint. And we, we should make it a date like to go check out the store and go get some ice cream then go hang out by the beach yeah yeah let's do this all right and if anybody hasn't caught it be sure to check out their recently published design bible novogratz design fix in that they tackle a long list of design dilemmas and offer scores of smart tips on how to solve them so check it out this is courtney and robert novogratz Okay, if ADT wasn't professional enough, now ADT installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. I mean, what are they going to do next? They're going to start a country singing career. I would listen to a country band named ADT. Also, I like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with my Google Nest doorbell. Just saying. Your Google Nest doorbell? I said our. He said my. Everybody check that. Yeah. All right. Well, I like to control my ADT smart devices, like my lights, my locks. <laughs> my security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. And I like to say, hey, Google, to get started. Listen, I said ours. I'm all about ours, not mine. <laughs> Help protect what matters most with all this, plus 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. I want to start off, if we can step way back before everyone knew you for design and uh, before HGTV and Bravo, let's start how you grew up. What was life like for both of you guys growing up? Well, I'm um, from the Deep South. I'm from Georgia and I'm the youngest of five. And I grew up, my parents ran a business together. Um, which is interesting that I work with my husband. Mm-hmm. But I grew up, my mom was always into design. She would renovate this old house at ours and like even bought like a one-room schoolhouse, moved it onto the property. So I think she definitely is the one that introduced to design to me and she let me decorate my you know bedroom. And then when we met and fell in love um, the very first day, <laughs> We um, shared that common interest of design. And with me, uh, I'm one of seven children. Uh, and I grew up, my father was a West Pointer military. My mother was a New York City girl. And uh, my mother had loved design, had pretty decent taste. And they started an antique business like 45, 50 years oh, cool. together. Wow. And I was the one kid of our seven that went to every flea market, every garage sale, every you know, you name it. I went with my mom and, uh, and then, and we had an appreciation that both of them had appreciated old homes. And, um, but I literally, uh, started collecting comic books to baseball cards to autographs, which evolved into art. Um, and so I just always had a love of design and architecture. And when we were, when we were dating, we would, you know, if, Linda and Drew, you guys had been invited to sober. We would have danced all night with you guys. And then we would have gotten up early and hit the flea market the next day. So people thought we were like nuts, but Same we just, here. yeah. 
That sounds like the best night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, for us, it was the same, that appreciation for, um, I, we, I loved old houses and we, we, my dad's from Scotland. So when he would take us out to Scotland, we would just spend the whole time touring around the back country and looking at old castles and old cathedrals and buildings. And it gave us that appreciation for architecture. Garage sale shopping was our jam. Uh, I mean, we were, my parents were never looking for expensive antiques, um, but they they definitely were looking for good finds. Old and, Nintendo sets; those are antiques now. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, right. That's but, what our kids are into: were jam boxes. But it's so funny you say garage sale because in Canada, I mean, when you go around the country or the world, everybody calls it something different. You know, a tag sale, a yard sale, a garage sale. You know, an estate sale. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert and I, you know, love to travel, but we drag our kids no matter where we are to a flea market, a garage sale, no matter what country or state. So it's, it's fun. And either you like it or you don't, you know. Mm-hmm. And are they all into it or are they like, oh, not another one? Well, some more than others. They are, they're all artistic. Each one is creative. There's just no way they can't be. So Our youngest major is, uh, he, he comes every, uh, like, especially when we were in LA, I went to every flea market, Pasadena, Long Beach. Long Beach is my favorite one. Um, and he would come all the time. And we actually, I don't know if you see this painting behind us, but uh, we were at a state sale in Hamptons like three years ago. And I, it was like $500 painting. And I, I put it on Instagram. I said, should I get it? Should it? People went crazy. Get it, get it, get it. At. And then I saw this guy, Tyler, the creator. I didn't, he said, I'll buy it from you if you don't get it. And I said, and I noticed he had like 8 million followers. And Major was like eight at the time. Like, Who's Tyler, the creator? He's like, you don't know Tyler, the creator? So, <laughs> <laughs> but we bought the painting and um, uh, for 500 bucks and Ma- Major was a guy that made me buy it. But mm. if you do uh, go on, anyone that does want to take their children to flea markets, one thing that we would do just to selfishly have more time, um, you know, because maybe it's hot or the kids are, you know, moaning and groaning that they want to go, we'd say start collecting something. And so either like our daughters collected picture portraits of women and the boys would look for stuff anyway. So it's very fun. It's something to do well, as a family or a couple falling in love. For, you know? for our two daughters, every year I would buy them art for the Christmas, their big Christmas present, which would be a mm. photograph, a limited edition print. Not crazy expensive. And every year, every year they would just complain. First it was toys, then they wanted clothes. <laughs> and now they're both seniors in college and they love their art collection. And there's a couple of good pieces in there that we got for next to nothing that are worth a couple bucks. So uh, we're still learning because we don't know as much about art. We know sort of what we like, but we're, we're open to exploring and learning. We have some friends that have been sort of educating us a little bit. Like for, for us, we have collected antiques. It's not the monetary value. It's just, the you know, story. the cool stories that are attached to it. Even Agreed. if we don't know the, the items history, there's a story of us finding it and that, yeah. that's fun. That's what's so exactly like there's been times, you know, we're flying back from, from Paris and I've got a baby on one knee and a chandelier in the other. (laughs) And that, you know, but then every time I look at that light, even if it's moved from one house to another or another room, it just like brings me back to that place. And I think that's what's so important, you know, and then with art, um, you definitely, Miami does a great job with art Basel and has for so many years. It's just Mm -hmm. for us the same way we just educate ourselves but we ultimately buy what we love, you know, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. And so Courtney, um, how did, um, you were an actress before getting into design from what, what I saw and, and you worked in Wall Street, uh, Robert. So how did that influence for you come around to be pulled to the design side? Well, we were planning our wedding um, and we were also, because New York City is so expensive, we were, you know, 
having to also, which we loved, we were kind of promoting parties. Robert would like get these big events and, you know, we'd make money on the side uh, doing these elaborate parties. But then we started planning our wedding and we bought a condemned building to build the life we wanted. And we literally learned everything on the job. Hmm. Um, we did, you know, we kind of knew exactly what we were doing and then we had no clue what we were doing. So it was the perfect bliss of being naive and also gutsy. And, uh, we just never looked back after that. When we moved to New York in the early nineties uh, and when I started in finance, I was like, oh, man, this is such an amazing city. And we were downtown and all these amazing people. And I, and I was like, finance was okay for me, but I, I wasn't passionate about it. I didn't love it. Um, but I liked it and I did okay at it. And um, I'm kind of a split brain person, like half business, half creative and not so great at either, but pretty good at both, um, <laughs> but, um, whatever. But uh, when I was throwing these big events, and this is the early nineties, I would find like old barges that were not being used, old synagogues and uh, just old theaters that were close. And we threw parties in there. And or you'd had, bring up Southern and I, bands, you know, know to I'll, play live music. And I was also a runner. So I would, I just would jog through the city all the time looking at buildings. And, uh-huh. and when we were throwing these events, I was like, you know, oh my God, these are so many amazing spaces. And we got lucky. We bought our first townhouse in Manhattan in 95, which was the absolute bottom of New York City real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't that smart. Uh, it was literally luck, you know, and the, it's gone straight up, you know, 35 years since. We were gutsy. But, um, and, and like, for example, we bought um, a condemned building and like we, his younger brother was just getting out of college and we would like literally just go in there and start ripping up beams. Is it rotted? Do we need this? And then we would lean on, you know, other friends, a friend had just become an architect and um, we got three bids from a contractor and we were like, we'll go with, you know, whichever one we like. We couldn't afford either of the three bids. We were just like, no, they, say, they, they say, don't take the low, don't say that high, take the middle. We couldn't afford or even the lowest one. But the reality is then we finished, um, we knew we wanted a two-family home as far as the real estate side. And so we took the garden floor um, to make, you know, uh, income for the mortgage. And again, while we hunted to try to find an individual building is we were like, we can always throw a party in it to help, you know, pay for it. We can, you know, do, we knew like we could do whatever we wanted to. And we knew we were going to go on to have a big family. We didn't know that number really, how many kids that that was some important to us. And so we were like, wait, we have to have maintenance fees. We have to like tip a doorman. We have to get approved even by a building here. We were like, a building is not for us. We need to carve out a Southern life in the middle of New York. And so long story short, we move in, we finish this house we're pulling income from downstairs, but we still can't even like afford drapes or, you know, so we rented to all my actor friends, all the extra bedrooms. And the night uh, we got married, obviously in the night I gave birth to our first child. We had four roommates, just like oh, the wow. TV friends. We were really living that in real life. So anyway. Oh, wow. That sounds like such an adventure. I thought, Robert, you had gotten into design first. So because of the influence of your parents. So it really was the same time for both of you making that transition. Yeah, exactly. And then we would lean on each other. And of course, then like, I think I had like a little small, you know, little movie and I mean, a commercial. I'd done like a little play, but it was like I opened up and closed the job site every day because we had well, to pay someone to do those things. And so we just started saying, and then we were again, like some friends or couples would say, please decorate our apartment for us. So then we started getting hired to well, do that. 
I've always kind of done a lot of the designs and Courtney really runs a lot of the construction, which is most people think is the opposite. Um, mm. It was a funny store in our first one. Um, and we were, had such a low budget. We had a, a cement guy with the last name Gotti. Well, Gotti, yeah, we the yellow Gotti was the biggest mobster in New York at the time. <laughs> and uh, this, this was Gotti, a, a cousin though, not the main guy. Mm. Courtney's like cursing him. Um, like the guy's cursing around. Courtney's cursing the guy back. And I'm like, Courtney, you're going to end up in cement. <laughs> he was like, this isn't South Georgia. And yeah. I was like, but he's took our money. And he's, he gave me his word. And, and, and Robert like, was like, I'm let like, it go. Like, you know, Move wait, on. Wait, we were, so he we was actually like, related to the guy. His last name, we found him through the yellow pages. He was Gotti. Yeah. And Robert yeah. was like, I'm pretty sure yeah. he's connected. Back, like you know, know, Back in the early 90s, <laughs> like, and you, start, you know, the... Uh, <laughs> The, the 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 mob was a lot in downtown Manhattan, Greenwich Village, Soho, Chelsea. That was in Chelsea. With uh, with your design, tell us that that transition then from this point where you started, you had no money, uh, like to be uh, doing your own design, but you started finding ways. You had roommates helping offset. You had friends asking you to design for them. How did this go to the next step where you started doing larger scale projects, and then you ended up with the TV shows? Well, we had a you know we had a two family. That was a two-family townhouse. Um, and we always tell people, especially trying to get into the business, try to find a way of getting, you know, making your money work for you, you know. And so we, yeah. the, the, the main part of the townhouse is this beautiful three stories. And there was this nice garden apartment. Someone knocked on our door at the, the house and said, oh, um, uh, Marie Osmond wants to uh, rent your home. Would you rent her? I'm like, sure. That didn't happen, but the person said, well, I have the Suzanne Vega, the singer-songwriter. She wants to rent it. She goes, she wants the big part of the house. And I was like, really? I just moved into this thing. And um, But her her rent was four times the mortgage. So we said, you know what? She can have the, the house and we'll move to the garden. We didn't have a we kid at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And we got this you know, amazing cash flow, positive cash flow. And I'm like, wow, we could do this again. you know? Um, so we're down in the garden. And I'm like... We took that money and bought two buildings in Soho, and, 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 and the then, rest was history. And yeah, and then the interesting thing is, um, and of course, we became friends with Suzanne, and you know, she sang at all our kids' christenings mm. and really like that. Mm. But we then started instead of buying beautiful, grand, old, traditional brownstones, we started hustling and finding gun shops, parking lots, anything that could be a home, mm. because it was usually too small for a big developer to buy and turn it into a, an apartment building. But we were like, but it could be a home, you know, and we can live there. And then we got to where we did two houses on one street, four houses on one street. Um, and so we started creating the life we wanted, you along always, with having all these kids. You always, Courtney had a great line. She goes, we gave up our dream house to live our dream life. And then people started hiring us, like, will you do this hotel? Um, I think a shelter magazine started writing about us. And then that's how we got a TV um, uh, an offer. You know, they came to us because they'd seen us. Um, like the New York, another amazing, powerful moment, as we all know, in press is the New York Times did an article of the two of us standing in front of that street where we had just bought four houses. We had no money to renovate those four houses, but <laughs> nobody else needed to know that. We stood there like, we know exactly what we're doing mm. and we're going to survive. And so then people came along and we pre-sold to them and custom built homes. Uh-oh. I want to know about your relationship dynamic when you're working together, because it you must have some rituals down pat. Can you talk about the challenges that you've 
you've gone through and how you've worked through them? Obviously, just like you guys, I mean, there's moments we argue, we fight, we have learned, we have seven kids. So our egos checked at the door. It's more about, you know, we want to succeed. We want to get through that project. Um, he, like he pointed out, he has incredible taste, a real great design high. I didn't point that out. Oh, well, I, I'm saying <laughs> earlier, he pointed out that most people think like the woman has like, you know, that she does all the design, but I do all the architectural plans. Yeah. Um, every house I've drawn up, the floor plans. Um, we self-certify, even though I'm not an architect. Um, and we kind of just work together. I mean, we are a couple that we could go to a flea market and split up, and we picked out the exact same things mm. most yeah, wow. of the time. And if we feel strong about something, maybe choosing floors or a color, if we feel really that strongly about it, we're, we'll we'll stop and listen and say, I, I believe you, you know, and mm. I'm fighting back because of these reasons. And then if we're doing um, design work for other couples, we try to remind them that they picked each other for a reason. They could pick a paint color. Yeah. Uh, Rob, you were saying earlier, um, the uh, stereotypes that people have where they think that you would be the construction um, head and and then Courtney would be the one with the design side. So do you guys come across many people that still um, approach or they'll turn to you to ask you questions? You're like, why are you looking at me? Talk to the boss. Uh, how does that then well, um, Yeah, and I think a lot of, that's a great question. Um, and a lot of times I have to say that even on the design side, the people want to hear from Courtney, which I'm okay deal with that. Like, uh, um, you know, a lot of our clients, for instance, they're like, they love Courtney. So she's more the face of our brand. And, well, on it, he's and honest. Um, so I will say like, oh, it doesn't look so good. Courtney's like, well, maybe we should do this. We'll try to that. make it work like their ugly sofa or something. You know? ADT now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. Help protect what matters most with 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. You said that very professionally. I try. <laughs> Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help you make your home smarter and safer. have mentioned your kids a few times now, but I don't think we've really said it. Tell us how many kids you have and what family life is like. Um, we had seven last time we checked. Yeah. <laughs> Our very first dog, um, we have adult children now, which is, um, that's a whole different landscape. Um, it's very new and fresh and fun and raw. And we, we have our oldest, it's an actor. And then um, we have Two girls graduating from, from college, college. Um, this fall, uh, spring. Um, in a month, in we two have uh, a breakers is at NYU, sophomore. sophomore NYU, and then we have three still with us, right? Yeah. Um, two ninth graders and one sixth grader. But we're also learning during um, COVID, we have uh, quite a bit that moved back home. So we were navigating right. to all that. Again, um, we design the life we wanted. And, and we know if we succeed, it's because we work together. And if we fail, we just kind of go, okay, let next move on. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. we constantly on our darkest days, he'll turn to me and say, are you having fun yet? Oh. You know? And, I, and so it all kind of, you know, maybe it'll work out. Who knows? Maybe it won't, but we both wanted the same things. It doesn't mean it's always easy, yeah. but that has helped. No one told us about teenagers and um, <laughs> And, you know, I think that social media has been so tough, as yes. that, you know, with the, this new generation of kids. But it's like, we're blessed. They're great kids. They all have their moments, ups and downs. But uh, 
people ask us, why do we work so much? And we're like, well, we had seven, we had seven children. Yeah. We didn't really think it through. So we have no choice. But I think it keeps us young and it keeps mm-hmm. us, uh, you know, relevant a little bit. Because, even you know, I was watching the uh, Grammys last night with one of the kids. And I kind of, my friend's like, who are all these acts? I'm like, oh, I know them because I have, I have teenagers. Kids. <laughs> you know, so, and I think in design, that's important. You know, I think if you're in all these art spaces, like it's important to, you know, see what's going on in the world and the world's changing so fast. So oh. kids are, are great in that way. You had said earlier too, you gave up your dream home for your dream life. And that was prior to kids, right? Was that? Yeah. yeah. And so as you've had, had kids and, and seven, seven kids and your life dynamic has changed, did that ever make you feel that that dream life you were hoping for is, wasn't the same thing or you evolved into a new dream life that you were looking to, to balance? Great question. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I it's kind of like houses. I mean, I, oh, funny story. I had a, we have, we've done four books and I was in an article recently and I said, you know, we have one amazing book, two okay books and <laughs> one really bad book. And um, both my editors emailed me like, mine wasn't the really bad book. Like, I was like, oh, that was <laughs> but I think, you know, I think life is a little like, uh, you have a few phenomenal years in your life. You have a few shitty years in your life. Sorry for cursing. And then, then most of the years are okay. That's been our experience. And I think you have to like, um, you know, most of the world is a pretty bad year last year. Right. And so uh, you got to get through those hard years and I'm an optimist. Uh, I felt like, you know, we, we were building a building today, September 11th, the way the planes go over our, our building, you know, right in downtown Manhattan. And so when you live through that and, um, and this year, and uh, you know, and I knew I just I used to quote a lawyer of mine who's passed away, and when when the financial crisis hit, he says, "Bobby, you know, uh, you, you get as old as I am, you're going to live through three or four of these things in your life, right?" So you lived through September 11th. We lived. We we had a, our building almost collapsed during Sandy. So the COVID was just another just horrific year, and for many people, the worst year of their life. So. Mm-hmm. As you get a little older and you stay optimistic, you kind of say, hey, you know, it'll pass and we get through this. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah, and I think for, for us as well, the dream life is never just about the dream home or the dream moments or, you know, the successful no. book or TV show or whatever. It's just all of it together and, and the people around you. I try to remind my children and ourselves from time to time, and you guys seem to do that through just being together and living your lives. It's really the journey that's the dream. It's the process back to the flea market hunts. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we all lose sight of that, right? And sometimes if you're just growing up and, you know, getting into your own life, you don't even know. Actually, it's the journey that's the fun part. That's the dream, not the success at the end. You know, planning the party is just as much fun as dancing at that party for us. You know, know, we tell the kids, like, it's nice to like this. It's not bad to like nice things, but they're just things, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah get caught up in that but you know we try we love what we do we're we're blessed with health which i think is everything mm-hmm. and um and we're we have really not only great family with us but we we have a really good team of people that work with us mm-hmm. that we love working with and i think that to me is the key to life or the key to design <laughs> yeah designing yeah. life yeah it sounds so cliche when we all say it's you know about the journey um not just the destination but I think that's the that can be the nice side of social media. We have the ability to share the journey now. 
if we mm-hmm. choose to. A lot of people don't, but we, people we try don't. to. Uh, and we try to, and it's hard. It's hard to, because it's, it is hard to put yourself out there. Can you talk a bit about how you balance sharing the process as well as the end result, positive or negative? Right. I mean, well, the interesting thing is like, even when we first did our reality show before reality, you know, was what it is. Um, we had some family members that were kind of did an intervention and were like, you can't do this. And we were like, well, we also, some of those same people told us we can't buy a condemned building. There's no running water. And we did. So we were like, we're going to do this. You know, we have a lot of children and we want to work together and be with our children. And this is going to provide that our opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. And if it blows up in our face, we're okay. We will manage the storm. I think you guys do an amazing job and your your shows are also just so positive and happy. And I think we need that in the world today. Um, So props to you for that. And I think that's enough for most people that want, you know, they're just, they're, they just, they, there's a great release and they can watch and smile and laugh at you guys. But I think what you also do well, and what, what, the one thing we do really well when we, when we speak in public, when we talk about design and we did this and that, people are like, oh, that's interesting. But when we tell that story of how we bought our first house and how we turned that into, that's what people, you can hear a pin drop mm. because that's the American dream, right? It's, yeah finding something that you're passionate about, hopefully maybe with your spouse, maybe not, but it's, it's, you know, and then be able to quit a job that maybe you love to find a job that you love and afford the lifestyle that, you know, you can, you know, you want in that sense. And that's kind of a a dream that everyone I think aspires to. And I think blogging and social media has allowed people given, it's given people that stay at home and be able to yeah. work, you know, and I, yeah. and work with each other. Well, I think also people like all over the country have found out that they can build businesses in small town America too. Well, I also love that you guys didn't listen to those family members that were the naysayers. <laughs> no, the same people that wanted to, um, were like telling us not to be on the show. They were asking if they could be on the second season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The people will never tell you to jump off the biggest mountain or, you know, whatever it is. You have to kind of do those things yourself. But um, yeah. but everyone has an opinion, right? That's the world yeah. we live in. But you and your brother clearly believed in yourselves. And that's, I think, you know, and for us, even like our, our oldest child became an actor. We're just like laying it all out. But like, tell me what you're passionate about. And I, I believe in you, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. if you believe in yourself, you need your team, you need your village, you need your people around you supporting you. Yeah. You know, sometimes you fail and that's, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. Just we, as important. We yeah. were on, uh, we haven't been on TV in like 10 years, but we did this big book signing. I won't say where in middle of America. And they, there weren't a lot of people to show up this one. They used to come, but more, but, um, the five of the people in the line, they were like, we don't know who you are, but do you, do you know the, who the, can you introduce us to the property brothers? <laughs> just, <laughs> I was like, man, we got to get back on television. <laughs> just say you're the original property <laughs> brother and property <laughs> sister. Yeah. yeah uh, it's, it's amazing that you can laugh about it, but can, can you tell us how that can feel? Cause I think, I feel like I wouldn't be offended because we're all colleagues and we all root for one another. There is, you know, this moment where you have to tell yourself like you can't just compare yourself to everyone else and people are going to see you differently or like. Well, I think there was a great um, analogy uh, I, I heard once um, Jimmy Iveen was talking about in his documentary and, you know, music producer. And he says, you know, his keto's life is he's like a racehorse. And they put they put um, 
blinders on racehorses on, the, on their left and right eye. So, so all they see is forward. He goes, when I'm in a race, I don't look to my left. I don't look to my right. I just look forward. And that's how we are. And we can learn and we can aspire, um, you know, to do things and say, wow, they're really doing great. Um, but we keep, we, we're focused on what we want. Even just back to when we threw our very first party, we were like, we want live music. How can we afford live music? So we grabbed a guy off the subway, you know, he got oh to gosh. eat and drink and play his music. And so people can say, what kind of life do I want and how do I go get that? I love and that. so they're in control. I want to hear more about the, that historic pink building in Greenwich. So we, you know, we've always passed it through the years. Um, and we were living in LA. We had done a 1920s um, style kind of turret looking house in LA that we lived in with our family. And we started to come back to New York. Um, you know, of course, we wanted to find the right project. And what's incredible about this house is I actually, the first day I saw it, because Robert wasn't with me, I was with our son five. And unfortunately, but also I feel like it was a good sign, Celeste Martin, who was the owner, had passed away that very day. And she had lived there her entire life. She died at 98. Her father had lived there his entire life. And so it's only had three owners, really two technically, because they were in the same family since 1826. Wow. And it is really was the Mecca um, kind of home that helped move all the artists and creativity and progressive movement that came to the Greenwich Village. And so there's all these articles about, you know, one one fourteen Waverly Place. And then Celeste herself was a very eccentric, incredible woman. Um, there's stories of her sitting on the boa throwing beads during gay pride. Mm. She was a dancer, not a not rocket, but um, well, uh, Ziegfeld girl, Ziegfeld oh, girl cool. dancer. Um, but the history and the story. And to this day, if we were over there this morning, sometimes we'll be on the stoop and someone will stop by that knew Celeste oh. and tell us stories about her. Um, and so we're just so excited to live there with our family and bring back her, her great energy. You know, we tell people, you know, it's pre-war and like, oh yeah, yeah, I got that. I'm like, no, no, that's pre-Civil War. So yeah, oh. you know, that's, that's you know, crazy. So Civil War was going on while this thing was up. Um, it's, it's a block from Washington Square Park. It's, you know, it's the, it's the, the epicenter of the Greenwich Village in Manhattan. A hundred years after it was built, they added the top floor, which has 25, it's like a ballroom, but um, 25 foot ceilings uh, on the top of it. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's like nothing. When you come to New York City, you have to come visit it. It's oh, like nothing you've ever seen. And kind of full circle, it was a house that we couldn't afford. Um, it was, mo- you know, most we never expensive, knew it for most expensive too. thing we ever uh, bought. We turned it into family. The garden floor, we're going to turn into an Airbnb and use out if when our kids from college or home or they'll, you know, we'll block those times out. And we thought use the top floor first um, because it was made actually as an artist in residence based on the very in top. Yeah. So one, we're going to let a lot of the art community use it um, for like fundraisers, events, fundraisers and charity and, and all kinds um, of things. But then we're going to rent it out for like weddings. And, and, That's amazing. You know, and, this and is really full circle. You, the, yeah, fir- full circle. the first place. Really I love, I love that. You were doing Airbnb before Airbnb was a thing and you rented out spaces whether and accommodations. And now we're going to call this, I'm going to officially coin this, Airbnb. This is Air Bob and Courtney. Uh, that's, uh, that's good. I love it. That's so good. I love it. Yeah. 
That's amazing. I absolutely love that. And it's also, it, it just feels like a way that you're giving back to the community, um, having this space for people to enjoy and to continue sort of the legacy of that building. That's really cool. Yeah, which is, we feel so lucky. We're always, you know, for us, we're always like, have these dreams and then we figure out how can we pull this off? You know, <laughs> exactly. so we, you know, we'll see how it all turns out. We, you know, we didn't plan on um, COVID hitting, but we feel we have our health and, mm-hmm. you know, we were shut down, but our crew is back and they all have their health. Mm-hmm. And so um, it really takes a village and we're mm-hmm. in Greenwich Village. Yes. So. There you go. The best village. Yeah. Well, right. I think we should wrap on that note with a speed round of questions. So get ready. You can each answer independently if you want. Ready? Okay. What meal makes you feel at home and who cooked it? Uh, spaghetti, uh, mm-hmm. rigatoni uh, with sauces. Courtney cooked it. Okay, pretty good. I'm not a great cook, but I have learned like four or five dishes. Uh, what's your uniform at home? Uniform at home? Wow. Um, probably a jumpsuit or jeans. I never see, Robert, with you. I never see you without the hat. And you're always wearing the you know, dark jacket. Yeah, I mean, um, when I was in LA, I started wearing hats and um, just, but uh, just to stay out of the sun, really. And I yeah. just wear it all the time. Yeah. It looks good on you. Oh, thank you. What smell reminds you of home? Don't say teenagers. Well, no, please. Well, I have five boys. I will not go there. Courtney's from Georgia. So when we visit there, the, the pine trees. Uh, yeah. Uh, just is such a great smell. What song reminds you of home? Oh, so, well, country music reminds me of my childhood, but any music, we always have music playing in the house. So, and, but we, our whole family, we go from show tunes to country, to rap, to jazz. Um, usually though, uh, Jason, we, play, we play Jason, Jason Isabel, Isabel but, and David Brothers. But Hollider and Breaker, two of our boys are incredible musicians. And so we have, we own several pianos and keyboards. Uh-huh. And so usually that's always being played on one of the floors. That's amazing. In-house musicians. Mm-hmm. What's your yeah. perfect Sunday morning at home? Uh, with our kids. And I love the New York Times offset with the New York Post. Mm-hmm. Still, I'm on school. <laughs> He's, he reads it online. And I still actually get my fingers dirty. And I like the newspaper. I used to be a big runner. I still run a little bit. I love a big cup of coffee and a long walk through the city. Nice. Uh, most vivid memory of home? I would have to say, I mean, we've been together 30 years, so Robert really is home. Um, I would have to say, like, really just in bed with all my kids at various times <laughs> and ages. Either they slept with us or they had a nightmare. And so just somehow, some form in our bed, and it's not just me, it's Robert and a bit more. <laughs> now it's well, when we moved to Los Angeles, um, we were in New York. 25 years prior to that. And then we moved to LA, all, all nine of us. And we had a hard first year and new schools and everything else. And we built this old castle house up in uh, in the hills. And it took us like 14 months from the time we moved in. And the night we moved in there and the fire was going, I was looking over the saw downtown Hollywood. It was one of the happiest days of my life. Mm-hmm. And we had our stuff in storage for a year and a half. It was like Christmas. Yeah. Finally felt like it's kind of us against the world. And then it finally felt like we're settled here. Mm. Mm. Amazing. What's your favorite place to travel to for design inspiration? Paris. Paris. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, nice. We love Paris too. Yeah. We were, the market clean and court, you can't beat, right? So. Yeah. And then we, we even did at our place in Vegas, we put in a little cobble uh, stone uh, courtyard, courtyard outside of our, our bedroom because it was what we really loved walking through all the cobblestone streets in the Paris. cafes. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Last question. Name three things that are on your bedside table. Um, books, 
wine at night. Sorry. <laughs> bottled, <laughs> b- bottled water. And, and water. Yeah, yeah, we definitely have water. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us. It's We really just love you know, hearing stories of home and you guys have such an amazing family dynamic that we've been, and we've been fans of your work for so many years. So it means a lot for you to share your time with us. Yeah. We're super inspired by everything you continue to do and have done over the past, past while. And yeah, I always look forward to seeing your designs and your family life. And, and in person at the you. Greenwich house, yes. we, we will become, when yes, we come back to New York. Come, please. All right. Thanks All right. so much guys. Enjoy your, your day. We'll Bye, talk guys. to you soon. Thanks, thanks so much. Thanks guys very much. When they're done their uh, building in New York, I want to check that out. Yeah, it's. I'm excited. I that want to stay there. I'm actually. Phenomenal. I'm going to move in without telling anybody. Check out their brand new Shade Store collection from the Novogratz, just released, and find all the beautiful new decor pieces at shopthenovogratz.com. Throwing shade never looked so good. <laughs> <laughs> and because you stuck around to the end. You've made it to the maker moment. I don't remember what we're calling it, but every episode we are highlighting a maker that we love. And today's maker is Azora Zoe Packnad, and she is the founder of Gold Dune. She actually started this business in the middle of a pandemic. Very cool, very ambitious. Gold Dune is a sustainable e-commerce retailer and they're making sustainability less beige. Honestly, when you go to their website, you will see what we're talking about. When Azora founded this company, she felt, so fed up with the lack of representation and warmth and inclusivity in the sustainable shopping and zero waste landscape. And a lot of those brands were kind of like boring. So she came up with her own. And this brand always leads with color, warmth, joy, and inclusivity. It's really cool because um, when you go to every product, there's like a sustainability spectrum rating and it tells you like how to deal with the product at its end of life, like how to safely discard it. Very, very cool. And a huge thank you to our homies, Brandon Angelino, Annalie Bell, Hannah Fan, Courtney Iwanis, Wes Friend, Chris Cobain, Jessica Bryant Harvey, and Nicole Schachter. Our theme music for At Home is by Victoria Shaw and Chad Carlson. And music is composed and produced by Rick Russo. Thank you so much for listening. And if you do enjoy our podcast, be sure to subscribe and rate us. Always rate us. We love you rating and commenting. Yeah, we actually like your feedback. And to you, thank you. Thank you, love you. Love you. ADT now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT is awesome and believes that the smarter the home, the safer the security. I can't wait to see what they do next. They're going to put Google Nest doorbells on the moon. (laughs) Actually, I'd like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with our Google Nest doorbell. I do love how when we're out at dinner, we can see exactly what's going on at the front door. And we can control our ADT smart devices like... Lights, locks, the security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. Mm -hmm. All you have to say is, hey, Google, to get started. Well, I think it's great for people to help protect what matters most with all of this. Plus, 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. Hey, Google.